0: Hello, this is Leslie Garpa-Tensor, and this is of Fact. Today I'm speaking with Professor Carl Copeland about his new book, Live Sustainably Now, A Low-Carbon Vision of the Good Life. I'm so excited to have my colleague Carl Copeland with me today to talk about his book, Live Sustainably Now, A Low Carbon Vision of the Good Life. I love, love, love this book. I care deeply about the environment, but I would not call myself an environmentalist. And after reading this book, I found ways in which I can personally change the way I live my life so I can feel good about contributing to our planet's future. It's an easy, easy read, and it's a really fun read because one of the things Professor Copeland includes in his book is his Carbon Diaries, where he outlines how he has taken steps to change the way he lives his life so he can live within his goal of that four-ton annual carbon budget. Now, that's aspirational. It's never going to happen for all of us. But the book isn't preachy. It's just something you, you can observe about someone else, learn from, and make some changes in your own life. It's a really interesting book and a great discussion. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Before we begin, I want to remind you that you can help me, as always, by liking us on social media and subscribing to us on any platform on which you listen to us. And finally, if you're listening to us, chances are you are planning to take the bar exam. I'm offering you $100 off the Kaplan Bar Prep Program. Go to www.kaptest.com and click on bar. Enter code Leslie100 at checkout and you'll receive $100 off. Here's my discussion with Carl Copeland. Thanks for joining me. I'm excited to talk to you about your book, Live Sustainably Now. Um, I loved, loved, loved the book, and what I loved about the book was that while you have these carbon diaries which are aspirational, you're not preachy, and you give little specific ideas about what we could do. And the other thing I liked, which is kind of taking off my law professor hat and putting on my Love for People magazine hat, is that what I loved about the carbon diaries is it read like a memoir. It really kind of hooked me in, so I'm wondering, can we
1: start? Oh, come on, Leslie, I'm, I'm not famous enough, I'm not famous enough to write a memoir.
0: <laughs> I'm calling you a memoir, <laughs> and you are. <laughs> can you, uh, tell me, talk a little bit about these carbon Diaries.
1: Well, I mean, I, I thought that, you know, part of, the, part of the reason I wrote the book is because you know you, anybody involved in climate change and environmental law you know understands what a serious issue it is in fact it's really not climate change it's the climate crisis now and and there's a you know a lot of advice about there about you know change your light bulbs recycle you know eat locally go to the farmers market and things like that but no, no attempt to put it in, con- uh, you know, in context along the lines of it'd be like you know, if you go to the doctor, the doctor says, hey, you got to lose weight. You should, you should diet, right? Well, how much should I diet? Well, no, you should just diet. I can't tell you how much, right? So, it's, it's it's not just an attempt to say here's here's a goal in terms of like you know, tons of carbon dioxide per year, but also you can do it, right? And how how do I know you can do it? Because I will do it, right? And, you know, it, it started out as I'll do it for a year and talk about it. You know, there are other books like that already, but not specifically on, on carbon impacts, but it's also saying, Hey, I got a great life. I'd like to share it with you. Right. And I can do all these great things. And yeah. And here's some of the challenges I had in meeting my budget, but I, you know, I could beat all of them and, and it ended up being a great year. And not only that, this wasn't just like a one year publicity stunt. Um, The the year I kept track of was 2015, 2016, but every year since then, I've continued to be well under my goal because I'm still paying attention, right? And it's sort of like the calorie calorie counter approach to saving the planet and climate change.
0: Right, and your budget is a four ton? uh,
1: Four tons of carbon dioxide in my direct footprint. And I define that in the book because now, you know, different carbon calculators will take a different approach But basically the things that you're most directly responsible for and which you have the most choice about. So, you know, how you get to work, you know, what comes out of the tailpipe of your car or any other kind of transportation, whether you take the bus or the train or get on an airplane, how you light and heat your house. And the extent of, you know, obviously I'm not on an actual restricted diet, so I'm not going to keep track of everything I eat. But, you know, uh, I know that beef and lamb, because of the methane impacts, have much higher impacts per pound of foods and pretty much any other form of food, like I, I know I need to avoid those and I keep track of those specifically uh, as I go through the year too.
0: That's awesome. I mean look, you, you let's let's put this in context. you how, you kayak across the Hudson River to get to work?
1: And- yeah, but I know I hate to I hate when people point that out because like, yeah, sure, I gotta kayak to work if I'm gonna adjust my carbon footprint but but you don't. That's the whole point of the book, is that you don't actually have to do that. I, it happens to be something I've been doing for 20 years now, and it just is a joyous part of my life. But you can also get an electric car, right, and, and 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 have absolutely no difference in how you get to work if you're driving a car right now, and you're just eliminated a huge part of your carbon footprint by doing it.
0: And that's what's so great about the book, and that's what I was trying to point out. like. You don't in the book. You don't expect us to meet your higher standard. You kind of say this is aspirational, but you say you don't have to do this. But there's something between what you're doing now and what I'm doing that will affect change in a very positive way.
1: Exactly. And I mean, you know, when people ask me what is the one thing you recommend I do in order to, you know, address my carbon footprint, I actually say just go to a carbon calculator and and look at your footprint for the year so that you know what the big parts of it are. Just, you know, just inform yourself. Um, Because, you know, many people, most people, even people who are dedicated environmentalists and really care about the climate issue haven't actually taken the time to say, wow, you know, actually those five flights I took last year are more than all, you know, all my my eating meat for the entire year was, Uh, and that kind of thing. And
0: actually, you know, I drove past a meat in California and have not been able to buy meat in the supermarket ever since.
1: Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my
0: goodness. Um, so
1: one... Oh, no kidding. Yeah, it's unbelievable.
0: Um, one of the things you talk about is climatarianism. Can you tell us a little bit about what, what climatarianism is?
1: Well, it's kind of like the inspiration for this approach to the climate. It's, it's, you know, very similar to being a vegetarian, which actually I'm actually not a vegetarian, but I have huge respect for people who have just made that choice in their life because they don't want to have anything to do with this kind of industrial, completely inhumane process of food production in our country or in the, in the global food production system, right? And, and it's the same kind of taking that same kind of ethic of I'm just going to make this choice and I'm going to make this choice every single day of my life and applying it to a, you know, I think even bigger humanitarian and ecological crisis which is the climate crisis right and you know the funny thing is you know there's a debate in the climate community about whether individual changes or individual cha- lifestyle changes are worth it or not and obviously you know I wrote this book because I believe they're worth it on so many different levels including the political one but nobody goes up to a vegetarian and says hey you don't think that like you're not having hamburgers save the life of a single cow do you right Nope, you, you'd never do that, right? But people will come up to me and say, hey, you don't think, you know, you're not getting on a plane is actually going to make any difference for the climate impact. And, you know, I resist that. I say it makes a difference to me. And actually, if you add up all your, your plane flights and your other impacts, they are, while well, they may be an extremely small percentage of the global problem, they actually are significant in the sense of causing harm, to, to people in the world in the future, and you know I like to you know the way I like to think about it. Yeah, it's true that that, that each our individual contribution to climate change is infinitesimally small. Let's see if I can say that, but an infinitesimally small part of an infinitely large problem is still significant, and so our actions are significant in the global sense of the word. Right.
0: I know I, I agree with you, and and, and you know again, as it, what I love about this book is that it lays out, I mean, there's a a, you write about solar power and how you don't have to have solar panels to harness solar power, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in fact, when I looked into it at my house, it's like the solar installers just shook their head when they saw the trees next to the house and said, are you willing to cut down all the trees in your backyard? He said, no, I don't think so. But what I did do is, you know, I signed up for for a renewable energy supplier, um, which you can do in New York State and many other states right now, And then when it became available, actually became a subscriber to a solar farm, right? It's called Community Solar, and the the book has a whole section on it, where you basically, instead of putting solar panels on your roof, you become a subscriber to a bunch of solar panels in an unused farm field or a field somewhere in the same grid that you're on. And that's actually, you know, in terms of the efficiency of the solar panels, that's actually better because when they build one of these, Specifically, to maximize the solar energy they get, it's going to be better than randomly putting it on your roof. And your roof may or may not be pointed in the right direction to catch the best sun. Right.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, know, I thought that was very interesting, and something that I think I'm going, I mean, that I'll look into. I, you know, as again, <laughs> I'm not kayaking, and I'm not riding my bike across country. Can you just tell us? Cause...
1: Oh, but the easiest thing to do is to change your electricity supplier. I mean, that's literally the click of a mouse button on, on a website. And you can change to a green energy supplier. And if you haven't done it yet, I mean, I tell people that's first and easiest thing you can do. You won't even notice the difference.
0: And where do you go to do that, just for people listening?
1: Well, it depends on the state. Um, you know, you, or you could probably um, – it depends on the state. But if you were just to do a regular Google search renewable energy or green energy supplier and put in your utility, right, um, you'll find out who's offering things. And it's a little complicated because there are different kinds of renewable energy supply. Um, some are you know some are better than others in terms of being more directly linked to the actual electrical energy coming to your house. Um, and the book explains that. Uh, but but pretty much anybody in the country has at least one option available to them, if nothing else, buying um, certificates that represent renewable energy equal to their, to to what you're using. I mean, there are companies out there. There's Arcadia Energy is one, and Green Mountain Power in our region does it. But there, but it's all over the country. There are people who offer these these uh, these plants.
0: And you don't even notice the difference, right, in your home?
1: You would, you'll never notice the difference. Now, you may some of them are actually cheaper than you may actually save money because the renewable energy contract in some cases is actually cheaper than whatever you're already signed up for. Um, others offer you the ability, you might pay a few cents more per kilowatt hour, you know, it might be another dollar or something on your, your monthly utility bill, but, um, but you can lock in very often and some of them you can lock in your, your electric rates for the future. Um, and again, you might end up paying a, a couple pennies more per a kilowatt, but you'll never notice it.
0: Wonderful. That's wonderful. And you know, again, and, and I want to get back to the book in a second, but I do, I just want to emphasize this kind of mid-discussion. It's just such an easy read. I'm not an environmental professor. Um, I care deeply about the environment, but I'm not that knowledgeable in it. And I just thought that this was just such an easy read. And the Carbon Diaries made it a fun read for me. I mean, it, it made it personal. And I just, it's not preachy. And that's what I really love about this. It's more...
1: Well, thanks. And I know, you know, I... I- that's the challenge of writing a book like this is kind of like to try and convince people without shaming people because obviously shaming and guilt is a really negative feeling and people don't want don't to wanna be shamed. And, and I recognize that at some level it's a personal choice. I mean, part of my, you know, my argument for taking individual action, I mean, there's a very practical political reason for it, which is is that you are more convincing as an environmentalist, right, and in your own community, and everybody is really an environmental advocate among their friends in the community. If you care about climate, then it's part of, you know, it's your role to, 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 to speak to people about it. And when you walk the talk, as you say, right? Um, then people see that you've you understand it and have taken the actions in your own life because it's that serious an issue. And there you know, there are studies out there showing that climate scientists who actually have, you know, reduced their flying and taken other personal measures are much more convincing to the average person than uh than somebody who's a climate active uh, advocate, but uh, but who still has a high emissions lifestyle and people, you know, even if they don't say you hypocrite, they kind of feel that. And then the other thing is really it's a kind of a, you know, personal, you know, personal well-being, right? It's, a, I, you know, talk about it as kind of the the idea of virtue ethics, so, you know, that, that ethics is not just about avoiding harm to other people. That's a huge component of it, but it's also about developing your own character, right? And when you know that climate change is a huge problem, but you also know that you are making an outsized contribution to it, it's going to make you a less happy person, right? So you may get some, you know, you may get some, some short-lived, you know, joy out of doing something high emitting like flying to Paris for the weekend or something, but you're going to feel guilty for a month about it, right? Or and that's not me making you feel guilty. It's just the cognitive dissonance there, the your own sense. And I'm saying you'll be a happier person, right? If you internalize the message and say, I'm doing what I can, right? It's an overwhelming problem, but here's a way of making it whelming. Here are the steps I can take in my life to know that I did my share.
0: I totally agree, and that's kind of what I got out of the book, too, is that I can stand up a little straighter and get a little less frustrated when I read about climate change in the news knowing that I'm doing my part and that I can do my part without never getting on a plane, you know, there are things that I can do that I can feel better about.
1: And, I mm-hmm. it.
0: and, you know, just to go back and maybe this is a silly analogy, but, you know, if you want to go back to dieting, you know, you eat that Oreo and you feel great for seven seconds. And then for the rest of the day, you feel like angry at yourself. And I think the same mm-hmm. thing here, you know, you can I can't, one can't read the newspaper and cry about climate change without doing something. And what I love about this book is I mean, to be honest, Carl, just reading this book made me feel like I was doing something because I'm learning about what else I can do.
1: Great, great. Well, I'm glad to hear that, and I'm also, you know, talking about it, right, because part of the climate problem is that it's like, it's like, you know, it's like sex, you're not supposed to talk about it, right? Everybody knows it, but, it's, but, but you're not supposed to talk about it, right? And, and that's why, and that's part of the reason that it hasn't until recently begun to make its way up in the political consciousness. It's like the elephant in the room that nobody is willing to point out. And if you talk about what you're doing in your own life, right, it, it, again, it's, it's the start of a conversation. Well, what, what should we do, be doing politically, too, right? How should we be organizing, right? You know, maybe we should call our representatives and tell them that we want them to put climate on the top of the agenda and not have it as, oh, yeah, that's another issue out there. All right, um,
0: all right let's get back to the book for one more point. What, talk about the big four for just a second.
1: Okay, so the big four are, of course, in terms of your individual, you know, your individual footprint, are basically transportation, um, electricity, heating your house, especially in the northern part of the United States, in the Northeast, and then food. And there's a whole chapter in the book that's kind of focused on how big is that impact, right? And and what you can do to 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 make significant reductions, I right? So I go through each one: um, transportation. No, you don't have to ride a bicycle and paddle kayak to get to work. But, you know, switching to an electric vehicle um, as, you know, your next opportunity um, to do so is a great way, along with a renewable energy contract, to zero that out. We've talked about electricity and how you can get a renewable energy provider. Um, And then, of course, heat is the biggest challenge, and there's there's a healthy discussion of that in the book of, you know, how do you get off of fossil fuels to heat your house, right, here in the Northeast? Um, most people have either natural gas or oil heat and how do you get away from that? And I, you know, I'm lucky in where I am that I can actually, uh, have a wood stove and burn firewood from our backyard a lot of the time. But I quite frankly go through the fact that that if everybody tried to do that, it wouldn't work. (laughs) The air would be impossible to breathe. So as a clean air environmentalist too, it's like, you know, this is, this works in a place where we're meeting air quality standards for particulates as we are now, but it wouldn't work if everybody tried to do it. There's just not a wood, enough wood out there. But the great thing is, you know, and, and I'm a little bit of a techno-optimist here, is that actually the technologies are out there to move away from fossil fuel heating. So, you know, we talk about geothermal heat pumps, right, uh, which, which use groundwater, uh, the, the heat and the groundwater to heat your house through a, a reverse air conditioner. But now uh, they've actually just... They've improved air-source heat pumps. It's basically an air conditioning system that works backwards um, to the point where they are almost as efficient as the ground-source heat pumps, as the geothermal. Much less expensive, much less complication to install. Uh, and actually, I had one put in my house last year so that um, I can officially turn off the gas furnace, even as backup, hopefully forever, um, and get away from that part of fossil fuels in my life. And that's part of it. It's not, you know, it's not get, you know got to boycott fossil fuels starting today but there's a whole chapter in the book called you know medium term goal getting to zero and I say medium term because it's not that far off and if you care about climate think about how you're gonna get rid of the rest of the fossil fuels in your life by say about 2030 because if the whole country has got to get to zero by 2040 or 2050 if you're already engaged on the climate issue you're a leader and you should be doing it first Then you can Yeah.
0: So so where do you go to find your carbon footprint?
1: Well, okay, they, I, there are a bunch of different calculators, and it's funny. I've never found one that I'm completely satisfied for every issue. So, like, mostly carbonfootprint.com has got um, good calculations, but for some reason they really, really, really understate the carbon impacts of taking a train. Don't ask me why, but it's, like, um, based on research I did, they come up with a, a number that's like one tenth of what the calculation based on the Union of Concerned Scientists um, calculations are. Or actually, in our region, Metro North, for the commuter trains, they've published their, their uh, pounds per mile of, of carbon dioxide equivalents. So, um, but there are, there's also the Cool Climate Calculator, which is a Berkeley website, is really, really thorough. If I go there and calculate my footprint, I actually come up with a lot higher than my four-ton target because it includes things I don't try and keep track of um, and more harder to calculate things like the impacts of service purchases and, you know, consumer goods. Um, but that is really thorough and also compares you not just to the national average but to people in your community, and that's really, really useful. So those are two that I like. But I actually made my own kind of spreadsheet um, and, and actually have my own little spreadsheet on my my smartphone to keep track of things on a daily basis for my, my core goal of keeping under four tons. Wow.
0: How many years in a row? There?
1: Uh, there, there should be an app, but I haven't found the, the app. There's a couple of people out there with a, with with kind of more generic apps, but I haven't found one that, that could really keep track on a daily basis like I like, I like to.
0: You know what? There's... there's, <laughs>
1: there's I, think,
0: I think you need to make it yourself. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I wish I had, I wish I had the uh, app making skills. My son is a, a computer scientist, and I actually asked him if he'd do it for me, and he shook his head. He's not interested, unfortunately. You know,
0: that, you, know, I, I did, you know I can't figure that out. I've asked my son to do a few of those. Too. My son has not figured out how to help me with the sound of my podcast, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> how many years have you been doing this? How many years have you been keeping?
1: Uh, so... I mean, I, you know, I kept I started keeping track on a daily basis, you know, the 2015-2016 academic year, so uh, September of 2015 through August of 2016, and I've been doing that since. Um, before that, I already had that kind of rough four-ton goal that I would more more likely just estimate things at the end of the year using something like com. And so it really goes back to about 2012 or so that I started, you know, Consciously, just you know, making choices to reduce my carbon footprint, um, and probably 2014 or so that I uh, that I started making sure I calculated every year and and came up with a four-ton goal. And yes, I did. I finished my calculations for 2019, uh, you know, January December, the calendar year, and I came up with something like 4,300 pounds. Um, which works out to about about two metric tons. So I'm actually at at half of my goal. So I could have got on a plane this year. I could even have got on a plane this year. Um, don't tell Rob and my wife that because she's she's always saying, "Why won't you come with me on my travels?" So because I'm doing this thing. <laughs> but uh, no. <laughs> No, no, no. I, I, I don't believe in that. I, the climate crisis is getting worse, not better. So it's not like I'm storing a bank of credits anywhere.
0: That's true. I actually, I was going to ask you, just your wife, Robin, I know you dedicate the book to her. And, um, she's, she is a brilliant scientist herself. Does she... Does she follow, follow carbon? she measure carbon footprint? Is what I meant. Today. She
1: does. I mean, my, my great victory in our, our kind of household is not that I've got Robin on a carbon budget, um, but she's actually keeping track at least now. And that you know, just consciousness raising is the first step, and that's a good thing. She's she's serving as president of the American Geophysical Union um, this year and last year. Um, uh, and so that involves a lot of really compulsory ch- uh, travel that she just can't avoid. And, of course, she's also involved in Antarctic Arctic research, uh, ice sheet research, which, of course, involves um, traveling to polar regions from time to time. Um, and so that, you know, that, that's kind of a different category entirely. Um, I will not begrudge anybody the need to travel to Greenland to study the ice sheet in order to figure out how fast it's going to melt. That makes sense. Fair
0: enough. All right, so one last question for you. Well, if, if for listeners, what's one thing one easy thing a listener can do to help eliminate or I'm sorry, to help reduce I should say their carbon footprint?
1: Well, I already mentioned just just switching to a renewable energy supplier would be like the, the usually the easiest easiest thing with the biggest bang for the buck. And next to that um, you know just, one flight you were going to take in the coming year, just don't take it, right? That's one ton of carbon dioxide right there. Pretty much any round-trip flight, you know, cross-country or, um, or transcontinental. Of course, if you're talking about flying to the Far East or, or South America or something, a longer flight, it's more than a ton round-trip. But, you know, one typical flight that people would do, just one of those is one ton of carbon dioxide. Wow. That would fill my whole house with carbon dioxide. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, and yeah, an uh,
0: of course my daughter lives in LA but um, that's that is an incredible analogy is that it would fill an entire house with carbon dioxide and that's what's going into the atmosphere. So every time you stop and limit your carbon your carbon footprint you're saving that much more carbon dioxide uh, one
1: house full, one house full of carbon dioxide
0: yeah Wow that's pretty scary that's pretty scary. Um, all right well thank you so the book is available at Amazon and where else is the book available?
1: Um, it's available at hopefully uh, well you may have to order to your local independent bookseller which we should all support right um Barnes and Noble Target Walmart all the online retailers have it too and uh and of course Columbia University Press which is the publisher they'll be happy to sell it to you directly if you go to their website. That's
0: great. And it's called Live Sustainably Live Sustainably Now a low carbon vision of good life by you Carl Copeland it is a great read it's an easy read I was amazed at how easy a read it was it was just it's just fabulous so I'm so thrilled that you took the time to speak with us and I'm glad that you're fighting the fight and you lead by example and it's so impressive so thank you so much
1: well you can tell I love talking to people about it so thanks for including me in the conversation
0: thank you so that's my discussion with Professor Carl Copeland about his book, Live Sustainably Now, A Low-Carbon Vision of the Good Life. It's available on Amazon, Barnes Noble, but why not drive to your local bookstore to buy it? You can save some carbon footprint. And a reminder, if you're thinking about taking the bar, that check out Kaplan Bar Prep. Type in code Leslie100 to save $100 on your bar prep package. That's it for today. Have a great week.